Design Podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Travis Scott. And with me, as always, is Ben Slinger. Hello, hello. Let's get into it. Uh, so, Click Pitch. Click Pitch <laughs> is a game where we each have a random word generator in front of us. And on the count of three, two, one, click. We're going to click refresh, get a fresh new word. Hence, refresh. Freshen up our words. Mm-hmm. Uh, mix them up into a nice little word cocktail. Slam it down fast. Uh, by which I mean make a game design out of them. Yeah. Uh, let's oh God. jump into it. <laughs> First word cocktail. <laughs> Dream. <laughs> Glance. Ooh. Mm. A glancing dream? Yeah, or maybe like set in some sort of dream world where if you meet someone's eyes, the dream ends or something. It's like a, a story set across, uh, yeah, across multiple nights. And, and that always ends when you see this one person. And so it's kind of a mystery of, of having to hunt them down. Yeah. Without, you know, maybe without getting their attention or something. That's kind of stalkery though. <laughs> so. Well, no, I don't mean just like a random person on the street. <laughs> I just mean, like, <laughs> like it could even be that they're doing, like, they're a criminal or something, right? Like, you, you're tracking them down. Okay. Okay. So, um, you're part of the dream police. <laughs> okay. And, um, you, you're going around trying to, trying to catch people who perform, like, uh, either lewd acts in their dreams or, you know, cr- criminal, um, literal you know, police. Sort of- uh, I do like the idea of dream police, like, coming into people's dreams- like forget the whole uh, dream ending on a glance thing. We can we can figure out glance, but I, I do like the idea of maybe there is sort of there, there are a group of people who are dream walkers of some sort, mm-hmm. dream invaders, and uh, they do they do invade people's dreams uh, who don't want them in there against their will. And you are trying to stop that. You're actually on the good side of this, where you believe in you know consensual uh, dream sharing. Mm-hmm. And okay, so it starts off, and you got Scary Terry, um, you know, <laughs> hunting hunting this um this uh young young lady, and there you, are this yes, there are a awesome lot of dream police comes in references um, arrest <laughs> arrest Scary Terry, and um that's where you know sort of like the intro cinematic starts off and. You mm-hmm. know, it's got that got that whole whole song with the the mm-hmm. dream police. They are inside of my head. Are you, are you done with your reference? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying that that's how it actually starts off. So you think it's actually going to be a, a story or a game about like um, getting away from you know the scary Terry slash Freddy Krueger, right? Uh, sort of character. But no, you actually play the um. The, you play the dream police, the awesome like detective of you know dream police. Yeah. Yeah, look, uh, I, I think- Station 99 or whatever. 99. <laughs> I think there's nine, some- nine. I think there's some cool stuff you could do there if you wanted to try to build out this world to imagine, like, how they detect people going into dreams. Like, is there a sort of in-between dreamscape that they're patrolling and they can kind of get uh, alerted when there's an invasion happening? Like, how do they Okay, I'm seeing this that? very much like a, um, a dark side detective sort of thing. Where okay, um, yeah, you got yeah. all these different little little cases, and so one of the cases is like an inception sort of sort of idea of people. Who, oh God, these these people have obviously seen the movie Inception. They're trying to incept someone's dream. Yeah. We all know that doesn't work, so let's go get them. <laughs> and you know, they're just sort of it's all ho hum sort of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We like to keep it mundane and 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 grounded, right? Our games. Yeah. There's something there's something fun about putting someone who's just going about their day in this strange situation where their day is, yeah, like stopping people from <laughs> invading people's dreams. Yeah. So, yeah, I could definitely see a sort of episodic point and click adventure uh, in, in that way where, you know, mixed with a bit of Psychonauts where you get to sort of explore- you can just do whatever you want, right? Because it's this person's dream dreamscape. So you, yeah, you, you can kind of break the rules a lot with the with your game design and your level design and stuff. 
uh, and create some really cool things and, and, and f- you have to figure out what's going inside, you know, why this person is breaking into their head, sort of determine the relationships between the person breaking in and the person whose dream it is. And yeah, you kind of, you get a resolution. I'm imagining all the out. different sort of story points that you could actually have. Like when you know that a heist is going down, like, you know, where they're trying to break into this person's dream. Yeah. You just, you replace all the actors with, um, you know, the person whose dream they're, they're actually interacting with, with just all dream police officers. Well, that, I like the you idea know, that, that you have to- and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> like, you have to- You can't just alter the dream unless you, like, get the consent yep. of the person dreaming or something. So, your first step, if you're having to do that sort of thing, is always to actually track down the actual dreamer and kind of co- and, and kind of convince them, okay, look, I'm here to help. Can I, you know, take over? Uh, yeah. And that can be a puzzle in itself, right? Like maybe they need something, maybe they need some proof, maybe they need, you know, and, th- and then you have to find that within their dream rules, uh, the rules of their <laughs> dream to convince them well enough that you're actually there to help. And then you can kind of, you know, once you've got control, then you get to do some cool shit with just like, yeah, turn this dreamscape into whatever you want to track, to track this person down and capture them. I so get that, like the reason why the dream police are so, um, sort of bored with their job is that, uh, when people wake up, they just don't remember anything about these these dream police. You know, they remember everything about their, uh, not necessarily everything about their dreams, but a lot of stuff about their dreams. But yeah. of course, the dream police they they um go unnoticed and uncelebrated, and they basically just for sure, yeah. And and I think uh, I, I like the idea of there being a bit of a Men in Black vibe, where you know, Men in Black in the first one, Tommy Lee Jones's character would neuralize someone and just like give him some shit story. Uh, yeah. Whereas Will Smith's character, you know, tried to ma- make their lives better. I feel like there's mm-hmm. a bit of that. Like, you've got your partner and your partner's willing to just, like, capture the guy. And no matter, you know, how they leave the dream, the person might end up having this horrible nightmare or whatever as a result. But they don't care. Whereas your character is a bit more like, no, we have to leave this in a good state. And so, you know, y- you can capture the person, but there are things you can do to kind of clean up after yourself and talk to the person a bit and make sure- that the impression of the dream that they have is a nice one. <laughs> Even though they won't remember you, there'll be some good resolution about this. Yeah. Uh, what what I can definitely see happening is, you know, this grizzled old dream detective has been on the job for so long that he knows when he gets into someone's dream, he's like, yeah, I never go through the red door. Oh, the red door yeah. is just all their deepest, darkest, like- um, yeah, yeah. Sexual desires. I just don't. <laughs> I've, I've seen too much. <laughs> I do like that idea of there being common elements that are just part of like the human dream, you know, yeah. neurological whatever, where it's like, yeah, like if you see a red door, don't go through it. Like that's their horrible shit. And of course, by the, you know, act three, at some point, you're going to have to go into someone's red door <laughs> to solve a case. In one of the cases, you could have like at a glance, you sort of see a kind of door that you've never seen before and it only appears for like a split second yeah and yeah. it's like that's sort of like a running thread that goes through some of these um yeah it's like a big lock metal steel episodes. door or something yeah it's completely out of place in the environment there and, and yet like disappears when you get too close it's like oh what the fuck yeah is that? I, i'm kind of imagining that the light sort of flickers flickers down flicks up for a second there's a big giant steel door there flicks down and flicks back up again and it's not there anymore and it's like yeah. what the fuck was that and yeah, the grizzled detective cool. just really doesn't give a shit <laughs> but the new one does because it's you know not in, not in the manual, and he's been reading the yeah. manual like back to front. Yeah, I like that. The manual's got all the different types of doors and 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 like connections from the dream into the into the dreamer's subconscious and memories and things. And you can utilize some of those during your cases, but some of them are, are like off limits. And yeah, but yeah, that one's not yeah. even in there at all. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, I really like. <laughs> that's there's really a lot like of this. cool like law there. You could create a lot of world building. That you could that you could build up and and you know the whole the whole dream police force you know what does their um like what does their uh, precinct look like and stuff is it hosted in a dreamer's head like is there someone dreaming yep. <laughs> who has like everyone has to go into that person's head every time to have a meeting <laughs> just like oh for fuck's sake jim like get your get your you know four breasted 
bloody alien <laughs> dream fantasy out of here. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I was Opens drinking a bit door, last night. Shoves I'm in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, dude. Did you forget to lock your red to- door before the meeting again? <laughs> Do we have to have the meeting just outside your red door? Like, I mean, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really like that. That's cool. But there's so much that you could do with it. I'm, I'm imagining almost like, you know, the grizzled sort of detective guy when he's looking for something and, and he needs to dream, you know, dream up, dream up a prop or something to solve yep. part of the case. He always just comes up with the same prop every it's single time. Gun. And it's, <laughs> it's just a gun. But he just, he can't imagine anything but a gun. Yeah. Like he goes, it's always worked. It's sort of like he's been playing Scribble Nauts for so long that he only keeps on using, like- <laughs> Jetpack or whatever, Superman or, I don't know. Jetpack, what uh, God, or, uh, I know, Rufflecopter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I used to type that one in all the time. <laughs> Rufflecopter. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's really cool. I do, like, there's a lot of stuff you could play with there. That's fun. Yeah. I feel like that's a, I feel like that's a, a, a world we could come back to. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, Dream Vice. Um, you've oh, got, yeah. Like- you've got all the different things. I mean, I guess it depends on- <laughs> <laughs> Dream Special Sex Crimes Unit. <laughs> yeah, that could get pretty messy. Um, and, and look, you could have a whole thing where, like, the government is trying to use the Dream Police to, to literally, like, instead of it just being- um, Policing interactions between people who, you know, other people who are trying to break into people's dreams and stuff. It's literally just policing those people's dreams. And, you know, the, the, the commissioner of the dream police is like, no, like, that's not what we're about. We don't care what people dream about. We just don't want other people like affecting those dreams or whatever. It's like, no, no, like we can't have, we can't have people dreaming up all this sexual deviancy. We've got to get in there and find the people dreaming about butt fucking and stop them. <laughs> <laughs> all these privacy issues and <laughs> uh, I'm just imagining like everything is like prefixed with dream so it's like the dream BI and the um, dream IA and it's like but you know in, in the real world is like the, you just have CIA yeah, well we just decided that <laughs> dream IA I mean dream IA kind of works Dream. Oh, you, like instead of it being a just a letter, dream it's intelligence not DIA. Agency. It's not the dream. It's not the, the DIA dream intelligence agency. It's the Dream IA. It's yeah. not the Federal Bureau of Intelligence. The, it's not it's the, the dream. It's, it's the not dream the DBA Bureau of Intelligence. DBI. It's the Dream BI. Yeah, Dream BI. Yep. Um. <laughs> the dr- Dream Dream MV. Dream, <laughs> dream MV. Dream, dream MV. <laughs> Or Dream Roads, as it would be called here. (laughs) (laughs) Because of the M at the end, I kept on saying Dream V. And it's like, come on, say it. (laughs) Dream V, Dream V. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, too quickly. Yeah. Ooh, fun. Rocket. Trace. Ooh. I kind of like the idea that this is like a space adventure in which- you're tracing, like, a rocket that's gone missing. Yeah. So, I think this is set in, like, the distant, distant future. Where- Okay. Um, where everyone has rockets? People from Earth are actually trying to- um, Many, many years ago, the first rocket that went to Mars disappeared. And so, now- the first manned- The first manned mission? rocket that yep. went to Mars um, disappeared. And obviously everyone was presumed killed and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And now you're now you've got the technology to be able to actually trace Oh, what okay. So it's it starts off almost as like an archaeological thing. Like a yeah. historical dig almost. It's like, oh, okay, now we have we finally, you know, have the uh the computing power and the the technology to pick up the final traces or like triangulate based on their final um, yeah. you know, radio message back. We can pull out the background noise and determine that the photons hitting the <laughs> hitting the microphone affected it in this <laughs> minuscule way. So they must have been at this point in space. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I think Techno babble. It, it sounds like a, a like an a nice easy jumping off point for for like a um, interstellar adventure. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it well when you said that, it gave me vibes of the dig. Yeah, uh, I was actually thinking even Farscape sort of mm. along those lines. Um, yeah, well, uh, it, it could be a, and it, I don't necessarily mean going point and click. It was more just the vibe. Um, yeah, it could be one of those kind of yeah, like traveling through deep space, like all the different star systems, jumping between them, you know, side missions along the way, um, upgrading your ship, kind of thing. But the 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 through line of the story is is tracking down. Um, yep. This Mars mission. And look, it might end up that it, you know, there was a fucking pocket wormhole or something that it slipped into. Well, that, that's exactly where I was thinking. It's it's literally a wormhole opened up, swallowed like the rocket, and then they've always been on like a Star Trek Voyager like miss- mission trying to get back right. you know, from say the Gamma Quadrant back to the Alpha Quadrant. So are they um, still alive? Have they hit like run into some um, enough alien <laughs> intelligences that have booned them with uh, you know given them the boon of of uh, elongated lifespans? Well, I, I think that you've got um, people who you know are descendants of the original um, the original crew, but of course okay. because they're traveling at close to light speed, you know it's nowhere near as far as um, yeah. Far down so the, while it's the been, generational line, it's been like. 700 years or something um, for us for earth but it's only been like a couple generations for them yeah because it turns out that like um they didn't actually have an einstein uh einstein drive on the on the rocket and the einstein drive actually you know normalizes space time (laughs) sure was that uh doctor who fast no i'm just i'm coming up with this myself oh wow okay (laughs) I i thought you were making a reference no. Cool, an Einstein There's drive. There's probably something called an Einstein drive out there. But anyway, I'm, I'm thinking more along the lines of, yeah, you can- um, It sort of just breaks the 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 um, the laws of relativity and all that sort of stuff. Uh, just because, like, I don't know, they figured out some- It should be an anti-Einstein drive, because <laughs> Einstein wouldn't <laughs> yeah, break the laws of relativity. It's one of those things where they where they named it and then realized, hang on, we're kind of breaking the rules of this. It's like, oh, it's too, it's too late now. It's- <laughs> It's it's known throughout the universe as an Einstein drive now. <laughs> but yeah, I I like the idea that, you know, you can play around with those ideas of relativity and Yeah. Yeah, we tend to also do that. explain away that, you know, we we figured out another calculation that actually breaks that by by putting a bubble around the ship or something like that. Yeah, of course. It's always this it's a bubble of some kind. It's a bubble. To a to a fucking hypercube. Exactly. It's, you know. Some yeah. Uh, no, I do like that. I do, I do like that idea of just this sort of Star Trekky. Uh, you know, you of course you kind of get these little episodic adventures along the way, which are sort of your side missions, but sort of also your just your your main path uh, yeah. that develops your characters and stuff as you go. But yeah, I, I like the idea of as, as you're as you're traveling and. You know, you you start asking questions of these people, and they all you know talk about in their religious text. They've got these aliens that visited them many years ago, and <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, I like and it's that. that that you're sort of following down leads through through that, and following where they went next, and right um, through the history of yeah. And as you get as you get closer and yep. closer, it becomes more and more of into their recent times. Yeah, of whom you're visiting, like for some. It's 1,500 years ago, and for some it was like, you know, once you finally get closer, it was like, oh, yeah, there were people here, like, last year. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> uh, Captain uh, f- uh, Francine, yeah, she came over for dinner last week. <laughs> she lives over there. <laughs> it's like, we found them. <laughs> then you find out that last week was actually 500 years ago because their days are really long. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, you fuck with time again. It's like, ah, shit. And halfway through because, the game. Of course, what is a day but a concept that humans came up with <laughs> based yeah, off totally. of our- Their weeks happen to be <laughs> 120 years long. Us. Yeah. All right. I think through to one click. Equipment. Producer. Now, at face value, this is very, very, like, broad, just equipment producer. But I wonder if we take this to, like- some sort of uh, creative producer, like in the movie industry or the music industry or something. Mm-hmm. It's something around the equipment they use. Are you decking out a a, a studio of some kind? Is this- Do you remember- um, Fuck, what was it called? Was it Street Rod? Was that the one? Yep. 
Well, you really like you'd buy your car and you'd hot it like you'd buy all your parts and you'd tune them and you'd hot them up and whatever and race for yeah. pink slips. It's that Street Rod was definitely that was definitely one of the games. I think there was I think also that's a the one second one. Of. Yes, there was. It was Street Rod and Street Rod Two. Okay, yeah, I think eighty nine and nineteen ninety. I think I'm thinking of the eighty nine Street Rod. Uh um, almost, uh, and I guess the reason I thought of that is just like going down to the very granular levels of buying your specific pieces of equipment, right? Um, and so, okay, so yeah, you uh, buy a movie script. Well, I, was, I started going down the music route. So you're, you know, you start, you start in a shitty like studio apartment with some headphones <laughs> <laughs> and a keyboard or whatever, right? And it's. Or, or, or I don't know. I guess I don't know if you're if you're a producer. I guess you're you're maybe trying to find you're finding talent. So it's like you go you go out on the streets and you like find talent. And at first, just recording these shitty like buskers that you track down, bring <laughs> them up, just like point a single microphone at them, <laughs> try to sell off mm-hmm. sell that off to radio stations or to to um you know fucking music distributors and stuff. Then. But yeah, you build it up over time, right? As you get some more money, you get better equipment, and then you can upgrade your space, and then you can upgrade your equipment again, and you can get hot, you know, bigger and, and bigger then you acts. Can fire that- the talent, and <laughs> yeah, you get to like, yeah, because that's the thing: the the talent can have different traits, uh, and so yeah, if you you might bring one, uh, you know, one particular act all the way from that early beginning where they happen to be a particularly talented busker, they were kind of your meal ticket to start with. Um, they help you, you know, rise up and make all this money and stuff. But it turns out, like, once the fame hits, they turn into a complete nightmare and you have to deal with that situation. And, but, you know, you have all the, you have all the artists be procedurally generated in different ways. So each game's different. So it's almost a bit of a, a bit of a roguelike in that way. Um, I don't know if you have like unlocking stuff as you go, but it's like you do a run, you do one run. It's like, okay, what art, what acts am I going to get this time? You know, what am I going to come across? Mm-hmm. Is it too fully formed in my head for you to <laughs> yeah, I'm, jump onto a hook? You've sort of said everything I was going to, I was going to sort of go down. <laughs> like, I'm thinking, yep, bring in the talent and then do do all the all the stuff like rising do, up from- It's like, I do damn tend it, to, you keep on coming up with this. <laughs> <laughs> I do tend to just go on once the idea starts. Uh, all right, well, let's think about, okay, do we go like a retro style? Let's think about the sort of art style. Is this- you know, in that almost um, 2D uh, retro pixel graphics oh, way. Yeah. It has or- to be 256 colors. Um, I- I'm seeing this as, as like, feels like it could have been released on a, you know, in 1989 or Yeah, whatever. on like a 386. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's, it's sort of like what Thimbleweed Park did. Um, where it's current graphics, but has that old inspired by yeah yeah yeah. Even though they're actually higher resolution, the portraits of your artists feel like they're thirty-two by thirty-two pixels. <laughs> <laughs> really blocky. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not that nice. Like, um, you know, three D rendered. Yeah, aesthetically it's interesting pleasing. actually because we we don't <laughs> often go into too much on the art style of things unless there's unless the gameplay sort of lends itself to it. But there really are a lot of ways you could go with this, and I'm not sure. I think that I think the retro style does appeal to me the most. I'm just thinking of more modern styles you could use. If you did a realistic style, I feel like unless you did it super well, you'd end up feeling like like you'd written music producer twenty you know twenty seventeen or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like like. Yeah, where it feels like they've just kind of thrown some, and you start getting into like the uncanny valley and all that. Sort exactly, of stuff. yeah. And then the other thing you could do is obviously like a stylized three D, which isometric which could be okay. <laughs> yeah, you could do an interest. You could do like a three D isometric, or you could do a really nice high res two D, like almost graphic novel style, um, or or. I mean, I guess you could Stylized, go. Stylized, I guess but, you could. Um, yeah, I guess risk. you could go like anime style or something if you wanted. That's not really our our general um, style of choice. But uh, no, yeah, the that, closest that, that we get to anime is like Day of the Tentacle, <laughs> which is cartoon. Oh, no. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's only anime in the sense that like anime is animated. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think there are a few. I think there are a few different ways you could go with that. But no, I actually I do kind of like the idea of just. Uh, a semi-retro sort of 16-bit style um, 
low res. Yeah, feel it's just to because it. I was looking at images of Street Rod and just thinking, you know, that low res could actually look pretty cool for the um. Like well, all yeah, and then I think like you just like layering up. all this sort of stuff. I think you just got, you know, you've got your different backgrounds for your um, your location and you're sort of layering sprites on top as you buy your equipment that sort of fills it out in different ways. Um, and, <laughs> and yeah, you've just got your, your sort of like barely animated <laughs> characters as they come in and perform. <laughs> On, on like so what I'm imagining is like early, early on, you know, you're spending all this money, but the one thing that you got your eye on that is going to make you all the money, but it costs so much is auto tune. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. definitely. And it's basically, it, it costs so much, but you find like um, hidden in like Craigslist or something like that, that you're looking at um, like a really dodgy version of, of like an old, Old, old version of auto tune that really has some of that steppy <laughs> yeah. sort of feel. Yeah. Or it doesn't have the steppy. The reason why, <laughs> why it's for sale is because it can't do the steppy. It can't it can do the actual steps. <laughs> it's actually very, uh, yeah. <laughs> very very smooth all the way through. <laughs> um, I do like that idea though. And this is something that Street Road had too of like going through secondhand listings versus. Uh, you know, versus buying new and the trade off oh, between that. Uh, and, and yeah, I like that sense of, you know, cause obviously these days everything's done, well, not everything, but like often a, a lot more stuff is done in software. Um, yep. but I like, you know, maybe you set it in like the early nineties or something where it's, it's a bit less, it's, it's not as easy to, to just early nineties <laughs> through to like the late nineties where. You Although know, I guess you could put in like, do you buy in. the software or do you pirate the software and put yourself at risk of, of litigation if you get big? Uh, that could also be yep. a factor. And, um, that's really only an option in the version that you downloaded that we created and put up on torrent sites. And basically you get to a point and, and all you, just like, um, game dev tycoon did. Um, yep. you know, we basically have it. Oh, look, you get totally destroyed by people pirating all your music. Or, you, mo- or, you make yeah, no money. And- if you've pirated our <laughs> version, then just like, if you ever pirate anything in the game, it comes with a Trojan that just like ends up with your entire backlog being completely wiped out. <laughs> You can't get <laughs> and then you the stop game. the game and your entire PC is now being wiped and you've got <laughs> ransomware yeah, all there's an actual Trojan <laughs> in the actual downloaded copy as well. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> well, true to life. Whoa. <laughs> what you going to do? <laughs> Three to one click. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what you're going to do. Start over. Popping. Input. Popping input. This could go yeah. into our other, into the previous game and it's just that you hadn't. Afford, you couldn't afford a pop filter yet. <laughs> <clears throat> Popping input. Um, what what sorts of things pop? Popcorn. Yep. Uh, balloons. Yes. Uh, music. Pop pop. Community. <laughs> Guy. <laughs> What's his name? Oh, magnitude. There you go. Magnitude. Magnitude. Pops. Pop, pop, pop pop. I did the move. Yeah. Nobody can see me, but I did the move. Uh, <laughs> I may have done it as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, balloons is interesting because input. Um, I'm thinking like we we forgot about the most amazing thing that you can pop. Okay, bubble wrap. Yeah, I was going to say Pringles, but they're not paying us, so fuck them. Uh, <laughs> bubble wrap. Okay, yeah, I like bubble yep. wrap as a basis, and then input. All right, do we do we instead of trying to come ooh, up with gameplay? Ooh, okay. okay, you got something. All right. <laughs> okay. So in this world, um computers never really went past the old punch card systems. Um, <laughs> okay. But but they they went up a little bit further so that you could um like r- writable media that you could do on your own was literally bubble wrap that you could just pop in certain positions and then feed that into the um, into the system. <laughs> So okay, this so this world. is a world where all your software <laughs> is written in a two-dimensional grid of bubbles yep. that, whether they're popped or not, like, that, determines- that's, that's, just, that's just the writable media that you can do yourself. But, um, oh, okay. you know, ones that you actually buy are, like, punch cards. Like, the typical they're punch like cards. They're, like, laminated, so you yep. can't change them. 
Yeah, but the bubble wrap version is like the is like the it's homemade. Like your CDR. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you can sit there and and you know pop out some. <laughs> so it's kind of a mix between pop out some coke. It's a it's a mix between when you know in the CDR days everyone was pirating movie, uh, like movies and music and video games. Uh, and, and it's between that and the days where people were making games by typing in programs into basic out of magazines. Yeah. So, basically, you'll get like, oh, I really want to listen to this music. Someone will print out like a 30-page, <laughs> you know, thing of dots that you have to copy <laughs> manually into bubble wrap by popping it one by one. And if you get it wrong, then you're going to have a CRC error in your butt. <laughs> I just imagine that every single house has like this massive roll of bubble wrap. <laughs> you like, so you want to get a program done. Yeah. So you just take another sheet down and, you know, pop it. But the worst thing is that if you've got kids, then you've got to be very careful with your rewrite, with your writable media. Well, this is it. Well, and even, and, and, and you've got, you got to really kid, swipe that, kids. that lock tab, which is actually just putting it into a box that is locked. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's anyone with any sort of anxiety or, like, you know, anxious <laughs> habits, man. Like, you don't want to let your painstakingly popped version of Chasing Amy get into the wrong hands. Because once you once you have to start feeding in sheet number seven- Oh, shit. It's going to- All the fucking torrents. They're, they're just, like, they're just instructions on how to, how to do this massive, massive, like, you need three rolls of bubble wrap. Oh, shit. That costs quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. It's like back in the day where, yes, you could pirate things, but, you know, your CDRs were still four bucks a pop or something before you got the spin- the good good old spindles. Uh, you know, you, you, there's still some investment there and, and it may you may fuck it up. You might have to do it more than one time. Yeah. Um, so, is there a game in this world that we can find- <laughs> Or is this like a Zen game of just popping bubble wrap? But this is the like meta purpose. Okay, you're you're, work- you're working for a company who's trying to in- uh, to put in a like put out a new um, a new technology that is actually like it's um, a visual media like a CD CD sort of thing. Okay, and you've got to try and explain it to all these people. Um, and I'm just imagining there's a whole heap of dialogue puzzles about having to having to explain. All the ones and zeros on the CD are so minuscule that you can't actually like see them. <laughs> Everyone's like, but, but how do you pop them if they're if it's that small? Like, <laughs> is it going to come with a special tool to like the magnifying glass, reach in and pop each one? Do they need tweezers? Is this going to be as fun? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to do it because everyone's so having so much fun. Um, I did have a horrifying image of all the teenage boys feverishly popping porn into um, into their bubble wrap in the middle of the night and trying to keep the noise down. <laughs> you're what up do you all pop night it in there, you son? see five women. <laughs> it's like you. you <laughs> It's taking too long. You feed it into the computer and just like in the old days, you just get to like the top of the cleavage. It's like, oh, fuck. I've got to pop more for it to load further. <laughs> I'm now picturing that they, that they tried speeding through it and you get like the forehead and then the mouth. <laughs> because they, <laughs> they, they thought they skipped some. down far enough. <laughs> they thought they skipped down far enough. I want to skip down to the boobs. <laughs> Or, like, if you get far enough, then you end up with an off-by-one error. The compression is just fucked, and, like, you just get garbage after that point, like when you corrupt JP. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm just somebody loving- out there, maybe- Somebody out there do the calculations for how much bubble wrap, standard bubble wrap, you would need for a single JPEG of some boobs that the typical 14-year-old would have to <laughs> pop so they could check off to. Uh, in the middle of the night. <laughs> I just love this idea of this of this whole world that is that's being built on punch cards and fucking bubble wrap. Um, it's like they couldn't you- think of any other. Like, yeah, it started with punch cards and like, oh, how can we make this easier? Like, you need these special like punch card, you know, pre punch things that it's too hard. Oh, bubble wrap, um, like that's the next pe- big people thing. Ju- people kept on, you know, misaligning the the hole punches and all that sort of stuff. So they just. They thought, well, bubble wrap already has them in grids, and you can just pop yeah, we can produce those so much, so much easier, and so cheap, so much more cheaply. And everyone loves popping bubble wrap. I mean, it's a win-win. <laughs> totally. 
<laughs> All right, I don't think we actually have a game there, but I kind of love that idea. Okay, so so let's let's quickly think of um like I think this is the world, but actually what's happening in in this, you don't have to go down the CD route because that that could be a little bit too like hard to actually make a game out of. Yeah. How about a um a day in the life of a of like a computer programmer? Okay. And so you know, he gets into work and it's just a visual novel of, of like the mundane sort of thing love, of just popping. I love the idea. You know how, rip. you know how when someone comes into the office and there's sort of the standard background noise of people's keyboards clacking? It's yeah. not that. It's just everyone popping their bubble. bubble yeah. Out. It's like, oh, you got in, oh, I got in a bit late. Like everyone's already started work and you just see a pop, 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 like all these overlapping pops in the background. <laughs> Uh, okay, maybe this is like a VR experience along the lines of like job simulator or something. Um, yeah, where we're kind of I- introducing this world where yeah, you get in there, people come and talk to you. You do have to do some basic bubble wrap popping and feed it into the machine. Uh, different things happen. You kind of it's sort of just a a little again mundane narrative uh, exploration of this world where everything, all data is stored on fucking bubble. <laughs> Bubble wrap. <laughs> Sheets of bubble wrap. How do they store this stuff? Like <laughs> very carefully. Well, this is the thing. Like, if you pile it up, you can't compress it down too much or you'll start popping the things. Um, um so turns s- out the vacuum packing is still fine. Like, because it sort of sucks all the air out and then when it puts it back in, like <laughs> Although they just have to store the like pop bubble wrap in more unpopped bubble wrap. <laughs> <laughs> You really have to be very careful to tag it as a completed program. You've got your little sharpie, just like you used to write on the CDRs, and you have to you have to put a tag on it. And it's just got you, you it's go got down, like you slim go down shady, to the local blockbuster, you know, side one. <laughs> just imagine you go down to the local blockbuster to hire the latest movie, and they bring a forklift out with like a roll of bubble <laughs> bubble wrap. Yeah. Do you have to like? <laughs> is that a fee? Is it a feed into your big reader? So does yeah. everyone? How big are these sheets? <laughs> like, we, I'm imagining like meter like, squared. Uh, it's kind of no, like I'm thinking. It's not even a like that's that's like the the individual sheets that that are for ease of use, but for the actual like the produced versions, it's like literal rolls that is like a meter wide, but it's um you know really really thick that just feeds into into like a reader. Yeah, that um it just continues and continues. So it's and basically continues like until a, the end. it's basically like a VHS tape. Yeah, but with bubble but wrap. With meter <laughs> sheets of bubble wrap that are so uh, fragile, fragile that if you pop one of the bubbles on there. Then, like, you've, you've corrupted the file. <laughs> it's binary data. Okay. I love it. I love it. I love it. Three, two, one, click. click. <laughs> Naive. Support. Okay, so you're in this world where bubble wrap is the only thing- <laughs> bubble, you, Everything's supported by bubble wrap. They have not figured out solids except for bubble wrap. <laughs> No, no, no. Okay, support, there are a couple of different things. There's obviously physical support, like a bridge or a post holding something up. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've got an athletic supporter, which is is like supporting like- Your junk. Yeah, your junk supporter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You've got emotional support. Yep. Um, You've got like sports supporters- Yep. Or it could, yeah, it could be something like that. Like a team it doesn't have to be sport. Maybe like a debate team or your like athletics or whatever. Okay. Um, I'm not sure where naive comes into it. Is this like a high school story? Is it like, do you play a cheerleader? Yeah, I do kind of like the idea of, of like the new naive team that's just come to this town yeah. as you follow their story. They were a, che- a cheerleader in, in their previous but I'm a school. cheerleader. Um, oh, but, but I'm imagining at this school, no other guy is a cheerleader. Because I'm picturing yep. that it's actually sort of yep, breaking yep. away from the norm. And, you know, all he wants to do is be a cheerleader because that's one of the things, best things you could be in his previous school. Yeah, for sure. Like, Look, at schools are often it's super athletic, different cultures. Really strong yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Some schools yep. embrace male cheerleaders and some schools are bigots, bigoted yep. um, and don't. 
Uh, okay, yeah, look, that could be an interesting exploration or an interesting view into the high school experience. I can't, I kind of almost like that this could be almost a, a footloose sort of story in which there's no cheerleaders <laughs> yeah. at all. Oh, like, so this guy's trying to bring cheerleading yeah. to the school. It's like this real, like, puritanical school and they just associate cheerleading with, like, sluttiness or something. <laughs> they- they they associate it with like Satan worship and all this sort of stuff. Like they've taken it like to the nth level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they've banned cheerleading in the whole area. You get a thing. flashback to to like um, oh, back in the nineteen fifties, Mary Lou was the head cheerleader and she got possessed by the devil. <laughs> it's basically like this this over the top exactly. story of oh, this yeah, girl for sure. and his you, you head was in- spinning round and yeah. throwing up everywhere and when you investigate it it's like yeah I got sick with mono one time <laughs> <laughs> I listened to Elvis once and danced to it <laughs> we're only allowed to cheerlead to church hymns it was horrible <laughs> but I uh, know I reckon th- I reckon this could actually be like kind of a, a cool um sort of coming of age story where yeah 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 these teens sort of rebel against this puritanical yeah um, so it's like a cross between dirty dancing and bring it on yeah um and well, I, I footloose <laughs> oh sorry well dirty dancing where they banned the they'd banned dancing right no oh, no that was footloose. no footloose. dirty dancing is, <laughs> no well dirty dancing i haven't even seen i haven't seen either of them but isn't dirty dancing a whole thing where like she's not allowed to i don't know i haven't seen it like i said no, Footloose. so Foot, Foot, right, Foot, Footloose is the one with Kevin Bacon and, like, the, the, the town father bands. Band, bands dancing throughout the whole town and all the teens sort of uh, rebel. And so, what happens in Dirty Dancing, dancing. Um, Dirty just- Dancing, like, um, the father of baby kicks, like, Patrick Swayze out of the um out of the place because he was, like, getting too, like, horny, sexual with the girls. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, should probably watch it one day. Yeah, it's all right. Or you know, just read not my favorite Wikipedia. I, I thought Footloose was, um, was a better sort of. Thing. All right, so Foot Footloose it on. Um, yep. <laughs> so bringing it into game form, like obviously, it's it's sort of it's sort of a musical in a sense because cheerleading is often done to music. Well, it's yep. always done to, almost always done to music. Um, but adding in like this athletic, so is there sort of a rhythm aspect to it, along with kind of, um, like your different your different moves that you can pull off? Is there? Yeah. So just- I I think there's like your mini game, which is you know your cheerleading side of things, of which you you've got to hit things on the beat and and that sort of stuff. Yeah. But then I'm almost seeing like a um, uh, life is strange sort of movement yeah, style okay. for the rest of it in yeah. in the fact that you can travel to the different different areas you don't necessarily get a um get a rewind function or anything like no, that no, no, but no. you can you can go talk to I talk mean just to like just in the general sense of kind different of groups and a light adventure game you know third yeah. person adventure game yeah yeah I got gotcha. you yeah um, I, I, I like the idea of being able to track down this um this you know cheerleader from the 1950s who who actually um you know, was supposedly yeah. possessed by the devil. Yeah. But it's like this kind old grandma who's who's like, oh, my father, he, <laughs> you know, he used to run the school. He was, he was like a, um, the, a the local pastor yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. And, um, and she I was got just mono rebel- She was a bit from, rebellious. I got mono from kissing the, the high school quarterback and, um, was throwing up for quite a while. And so he thought I was possessed by the devil and, and ban cheerleading throughout this throughout the whole school, and it's stuck ever. Funnily since. enough, Exorcist is based on this like yeah. myth that went around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know if the dates were <laughs> just because it, but- I just because I yelled at my father. Your mother sucks cocks in hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and look, it was my mum's fault. She served me pea soup that night. <laughs> Couldn't help it, uh, and it's not my fault that. You know, my grandmother was a prostitute. <laughs> Sex workers have rights too. So, if we went deep on the cheerleading gameplay, yeah, rather than just doing like standard like rhythm gameplay stuff, can we have it? And I'm not thinking to the level of like co-op controls. <laughs> <laughs> 
but giving you some control over the cheerleading moves where you can like tuck and roll and like you have to grab at the right time, otherwise people break break legs. Like giving there some putting some stakes behind this cheerleading gameplay. So in other words, you don't want it down at the level of you can move the left pinky. <laughs> Uh, no, I do because I want jazz hands to be really tricky. <laughs> but just during the jazz hands. Yeah. Everything else is like- Everything you know, else is a bit- Super generalized. Broader, <laughs> broader controls than that. Um, but jazz hands being the hardest thing, you want that left pinky going first. Everyone knows jazz hands is the most difficult move in cheerleading uh, to get it perfect anyway. Yeah. Hmm. I uh, I think that's all I've got on that list. Clicking yeah, on. I love it. <laughs> hmm. <clears throat> Young advice. Young advice. Okay, so as soon as I had advice, I started thinking there's a well that we haven't been down recently, but we have been down before. Okay. And when you said young, it sort of fit in well. All right. Papers, please. Mm-hmm. But you're but you're like a radio host and going through like okay. young advice sort of things. So you're having, uh, having to sort of put together. You're like a relationship advice radio yeah. host for like teens. Yeah. Okay. And you but you're in like a small town, and so yeah, you're kind of making connections. Between the information that they give about, like, they're trying to hide yeah. who they are or who they've got a crush on. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I just like the idea of just being able to sort of, like, um, you've got, like, I, I'm going down, like, a religious aspect again. Like, the um, the guy who owns the radio station, he obviously doesn't want teens having sex and all this sort of stuff. So, he starts giving okay. you things that you ca- you've got to be promoting abstinence and all this sort of stuff. And- <laughs> so, you have to, like, do you get, like, dialogue choices where you have to select the one that, like, skirts the rules to the just just the right degree? Like, doesn't go over yeah, and, it so and that and you're I'm breaking the rules that have come in today? Yeah, kind of like in, in Papers, Please, how you can sort of make choices whether to let something through or let someone through or not. Yeah. You, know, you can sort of, like, skirt the skirt the rules a little bit. Um, I'm thinking it's more about, you know, you get the sort of scenario in and, and you almost see it, um, the Papers, Please, like, interface is almost like your brain connecting the information and, choose, and making the choice yep. as to what you recommend. Yeah. Based on the other rules that you've been given as as you go. Yeah, well, that's it. I, I'm kind of picturing the um, the rules building up over time like that as well. Yeah. Um, where, where, yeah, like the first day, you know, the <laughs> the radio manager, station manager is just like, yeah, like, I could trust you. You know what you're doing. Um, and you, like, give people the advice of, like, yeah, I think you're ready. Like, you can, you should have sex, but use protection. <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> next, next day the rule is no telling people, they, no telling teenagers they should have sex. <laughs> okay, hand jobs. <laughs> yeah, then, exactly. You start getting around the rules, or it's just like you start using euphemisms. It's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm definitely not saying you should have sex, but if you want to construct the beast with two backs, I will. I will just say that it's a friendly beast, and you should pet it gently. <laughs> With protection. <laughs> it may bite. So, use protection. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's like, when you said beast with two backs, I just saw like this gorilla. <laughs> I'm just like, why a gorilla, brain? I don't know. That's weird. Uh, three, three to one, one click. click. Ooh, con. Exception. So you con the fruiterer. Be <laughs> <laughs> very specific part of our audience is going to get that. Although considering the limitations Couple of our audience, of maybe or, I don't know. <laughs> Couple of days doesn't matter. Uh, con exception. All right. I mean, we could do a con the fruiterer. <laughs> <laughs> Where you're making exceptions to your couple of days rule. 
It's like, well, this one's been a week, but, you know, cantaloupe's last. No, okay. <laughs> con exception. Um, I mean, con obviously leads me down, like, the grifter sort of route. Um, you con, you con man, con woman sort of situation. Could we think of an interesting way that someone gets wrapped up into that and it's some sort of adventure story? Mm. Where does exception come in? Are they a programmer? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure how throwing an exception (laughs) in your program is going to lead you into a life of grifting and such, but it could happen. Um, Oh, I'm just I'm just wondering whether, you know, you being con the fruiterer and you're having to make exceptions for for <laughs> Okay, I did try to get past it, but you brought it back. So all right, con the fruiterer. For those who aren't aware, uh Con the Fruiterer was a character played on what was the show The Comedy Company. Comedy Company. I was gonna say fast forward, but that was like the follow up no. to Comedy Company, wasn't it? With slightly different uh, cast. No, that was that was the Follow up to um, full frontal. Oh, shit. No, full, full frontal, frontal was follow fast up forward. to fast forward, and fast forward was the follow up to like the degeneration. Um, oh, okay. All right. Yeah, comedy company. So this was a sketch show back in the well, the eighties, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> I'm worried. It was quite a like. It was a very racist. Like stereotypical character, right? Yeah, um, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Maybe it's best to just skip this one. I want to go down this line. Anyway, we've made let's the reference. Not. Let's let's not. Yeah. Let's not. Three to one click. Oh my god, they did a spin-off series in '97. They should have known better. Okay, dumping <laughs> assembler. <laughs> <laughs> dumping assembler. I mean, okay. Uh, this brings me okay. Hundred percent. It is a um. It is a VR game set in a factory that produces toilets. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I definitely went down the like Factorio satisfactory kind of route when I when I thought of assembler. Um, I like bringing in the toilets. Um. Is this the only thing you can make? Are you making more and more complicated toilets as you get sort of more resources? Uh, Is dumping literal uh, feces or are you just talking about having to, like, dump some of your stock at certain times because they don't work? Oh, I think think it's got to be, like, for poop jokes and that sort of stuff. It's got (laughs) to be toilets all the way. Okay. So, dumping is just that you're making toilets, basically, and there's a lot of poop jokes. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Are the toilets just one part if you've like is this a world where there's just a lot of poop? <laughs> and you have to build all these different configurations of toilets to flush it away somewhere more useful to use well, this fuel. Well, I think I think in this world, like you're working the production line and your dream job is putting together like the um solid gold um toilets oh okay so you're but not building the, the factory in this in this situation no. right. i'm, I'm I picturing think, it I think as though, a vr rather game than the solid which- solid gold toilets because that's kind of that's kind of gaudy i think it's more like the super technologically advanced toilets it's like yep. the toilets with all the great features and the bidet built in yes. and the water the heated seats and the yeah. you know and and the reason why you actually want to go there is uh, and work in that particular area is because also, you get to test each one out. And you have IBS. So, you- <laughs> <laughs> so it's very important that, to you that you're really going to clean you out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so gameplay. <laughs> it's VR. Everything's fun in VR. Everything's fun in VR, including pooping. Um, how do you- we're definitely not going down the custom peripheral route. So, no. how do you simulate pooping in VR? Is it how hard you squeeze? You don't need to poop in VR. <laughs> I thought you said that he needs to test them. Yeah, but that's that's like one little thing that your character wants to be in that area for. You don't oh, need okay. to Sorry. physically that show just, that that's what they're doing. That was character building. Okay. That's character building. Not gameplay. No, all you're doing is putting- um, 
putting the bits and pieces of the toilet together. Um, okay. So, it's like cistern, seat, pipes. You bend. You bend. Me bend. We all bend for poo bend. Uh, okay. And the, do the toilets- Like, where's the challenge start coming in? Is it just around the speed of things? Is it that they- Do they start getting more complicated as your toilet company starts competing with these more technologically advanced- I think as, toilets. As you as you start going through and you and you hit the quota for the for the first day really really well, mm-hmm. like they start seeing your potential, so they put you up to the next one, which is a slightly more you know impressive impressive toilet. Yeah. That you know it, it has it's got armrests. Uh, this time it's actually got armrests. Yeah, cup holders. So now you get to add add the armrests and that sort of stuff, and then the next one has like an iPad holder. And, oh yeah, um, like an iPad dock built in. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the next one has like, uh, like a little putting green that can come out and you can like <laughs> <laughs> play golf. The next one has like, it's got a bidet and not just a bidet, but like the bidet has different patterns. <laughs> kind of like your- It's got a bidet, but it's just a hose. <laughs> well, that's your very basic one. But as you go further on, you can like select your pattern. It's got customizable water patterns. <laughs> Like, you know how you used to be able to do your vibrations on your phones? Like, you could tap to say what the pattern would be. It's like that. But it's water spraying up your ass. <laughs> oh, shit. Are we going to end really on the poop one? Off the rails again. No, fuck no. <laughs> and again. Right. Three to one click. Let's do one more. All right. Catch. Origin. <clears throat> oh, Okay. I had in mind like a, um, and this might be insensitive based on the coronavirus epidemic, but I had like a, uh, like an epidemic sort of game happening where it's, you can, you trying not to catch the disease, but you're trying to find the origin of it. Oh, I, I think you could actually do it in by having it as a serious sort of game and not, not really. Yeah. You're not making fun of the idea. You're not making fun of the idea. Yeah. It's not a comedic game at all. Um, or if there are any jokes in it, it's, it's more about, you know, trying to, trying to, um, you know, after seeing all this, all this stuff going on, you're just trying to get through the day sort of thing. But no, I do, I do like the idea of, of maybe having to, having to research and, and see what you got to sort of go through to, to see the origin of this. Yeah. So I think it's, it's, I, Almost got the sense of like a where in the world is come in San Diego sort of thing where you're following the clues to different places. Back to patient zero sort of thing. Ba- yeah, basically back to patient zero. Uh, and so it may be things like comparing, you know, looking through microscopes and comparing different cell, uh, you know, different, okay, different so strains. To, to take this as far away from coronavirus as possible. Sure. It's set on a distant planet. Okay. Yeah. So it's an alien sort of uh, planet. Yep. Um, we could almost tie it into, you know, one of our first games tonight in the fact that, um, germs from another, and from another planet end up being the culprit in the fact that okay. when, Is it when ger- these other are people Are you on joined, another planet and it's yeah. germs from Earth that end up being the culprits? Yeah. <laughs> okay. No. Yeah. I, I like that. That's, that's interesting. And so, how yeah, do that- you, so you basically, you play a scientist on like an alien scientist. Yeah. And you've got all these different techniques to sort of compare and contrast your different strains and like track down the movement of the, you know, as people were affected. It's like, okay, well, you know, there've been reports at doctor's offices here, 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 and here over this amount of time. Like, all right, it must have, you know, all right, cross reference that with flights coming in from this continent. And part of, I guess, part of the gameplay is almost just learning the geography and cultures of the, this planet. Yeah. Um, but the twist sort of happens at the end of Act 2, where you find out that viruses in this place are actually massive, sort of, like, they're not microbial. <laughs> they're, like, macrobial. <laughs> you know, they're actually- <laughs> You find out that it's not just that these people have been catching the disease. It's, like, it's been fighting them and killing them with its giant tendrils. <laughs> exactly. It's like, but where did it come from? <laughs> <laughs> and then it turns into like a third person slasher, like a <laughs> slash him up. 
I just I just love the idea that, you know, it comes out of nowhere that you're thinking that you're like tracking down, you know, um uh, patient, you know, zero patient zero and all this sort of stuff. Infection. But really what you what you're trying to do is trace down the viral infection itself because the viral infection is like this this huge nasty um <laughs> Creature. I'm not really sure exactly how that makes sense, but it's hilarious, so I'll let it pass. It does because it's an alien world. That's how no, awesome no, that's no, that bit's fine. Are. I'm just like, how do you not realize until the end of act to act two? No, it's it's more the fact that um, is it still you're, actually you're infecting just- people with an actual like microbial yes. virus? Okay, yes, okay, but um, and thing is, it's just one of those unreliable narrator sort of things, but. Patient zero is their word for the actual, like, physical virus that that you're tracking down. <laughs> right. It just so happens that it's- an, it's Is like this, this something that happens regularly? Like, a new strain of some gigantivirus, you know, yeah. species makes its way here and it's like, oh, shit, like, where did this one come from? We've got to find yeah, its, its nest. Like, toward, towards the end of- um, uh, Towards the end of- uh, Act Act One. You find out about like this um, virologist that you can go talk to, and you get to him by the end of. By the I end love of the act idea two. that in this world, a virologist is like this grizzled fucking warrior. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> scars and weaponry everywhere, and you're just like, what the fuck? Like, I guess he's just kind of quirky. Yeah, and then then you know he takes you out the back to like he's now. Um, you know, he's captured so many viruses over the, over the years and he shows you the cages. And it's like, <laughs> what, cages? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, your characters, obviously, this is just normal to them. <laughs> yeah, I you guess so, unless you have some time. sort of- and, and, and you can just literally have it that viruses are so rare on this on this planet yeah. now because all the- um, Well, I mean, immunization has worked. The vaccines yeah. work. <laughs> But what this vaccine does is just prevent people from getting the virus, like the microbial virus, basically the baby viruses from- Vaccines are actually- Vaccines are actually just another name for the virologists that they go around and killing all the viruses. Or there's like domesticated ones. <laughs> They're called vaccines and they fight off the other ones. It's like, well, have you, got, have yeah. you, had, have you got your vaccine? It's like, yeah, here, boy. <laughs> Meow. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I really, I really love this idea. You know, you, they can, they can just be somewhat humanoid, but with like, so at um, the end of antennas and shit. At the end of the first act, then, like, is the first act this kind of cross-referencing on screens, like tracking it down, and then from there on, it literally is like a third-person beat 'em up kind of. Well, I'm I'm thinking it's almost like like a hybrid. Um, I mean, we we talked about this a little while ago, but like I like the idea of the manhunter sort of idea that you're that there was a there was an outbreak down downtown at this area, so you can sort of see what happened with this um with this virus. It went um it travelled from person to person to person. Yeah, and you you're tracking down patient zero as it were. And so then you can go interview some of these people and they, they're just talking about, yeah, just out of nowhere, I just started feeling sick and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And so you, you're finding out about how this is really, really quick acting and, and that sort of stuff. So it's really, really important that you continue and you find out at the end of Act One that it's actually, um, the virus has actually broken containment. <laughs> right. And it is and actually- And you think that that means that like the quarantine they've broken set up- broken quarantine or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But actually it's literally broken out of a cage. Yeah. Or out of a- It literally broke out of the quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> you don't find that out until Act Two and then Act Three is literally almost Monster Hunter World. Right. <laughs> He's checking down the different ones, like crossbreeding them to make domesticated versions. and <laughs> Then it just turns into Pokemon. It's pretty much three games in one. <laughs> Gotta catch them all. <laughs> <laughs> literally catch the virus. Yep. <laughs> in, in Pokeballs. <laughs> But yeah, they're called lungs. That's- <laughs> Breathe it in. <laughs> All right, I okay, think I reckon we could call it. There. I think we could call it there. Thank you for joining us this week on Bitstorm. If you want to find us online, you can go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. 
you can rate and review us there. We'd love for that. We'd love to some. We'd love some feedback. Go back through our old our old episodes. Tell us which ones were shit. Even better, tell us which ones you liked. Uh, tell us which ones we've been dabbling in game development. If you think that a previous game from a from a Bitstorm episode or this one like should really be made, let us know, and maybe we'll try it. <laughs> we probably won't finish it, but I don't know. We might tweet about it. Yeah. Uh, we are also part of the 8-Bit Collective, and this is a group of podcasts who help each other out. Uh, we are all about mostly video games, uh, role-playing, some wrestling and basketball and all sorts of different things. So Comedy Rewind. Yeah, yeah pop That's culture stuff. One. Been on there. So much stuff. Uh, new stuff coming all the time. Every year, like, 8-Bit just gets bigger and better. So, go to 8-Bit.net, check out all the shows, like and subscribe and hit all the buttons. You know the stuff. Yeah. Go, even go to patreon.com slash weare8bit and join the Patreon for early access to the 8-Bit Game Show coming soon. Ooh, yes. Um, we'd also like it if you could check out the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network, a group of like-minded individuals who just want to help each other out and provide gaming content to all of the world from Australia and New Zealand and all the surrounding areas. So check out the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook or at AGP Network on Twitter. Finally, we'd like to thank Kuradust for the use of the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. That's it. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I am Trevor Scott. Hold it right there, ma'am. I'm from the Dream BI. I'm from I'm in the Dream AA and I've been uh, tricking in this whole time. Now get out of my fucking dream. And into my car. <laughs> the dream police, they go inside of my head. <laughs> All right.